Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our and from our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes when we look at our texts for a Sunday, you can kind of see a theme <clears throat> rolling out of them. And as your pastor, it's my job to see that theme and pull it out. And, and maybe if there's something new we haven't talked about before, we should talk about it and we should, um, I should expound upon it. And uh, every time though I see, <laughs> every time I see when Jesus <clears throat> speaks uh, the Proverbs uh, about where we should sit, uh, it, I, can't, I can't help thinking that with good Lutherans, we all sit in the back, right? And I think that maybe to be charitable, that is to say that we, we are trying to abide by God's word, right? We're trying to say, oh, we, we want to sit in the place where Jesus can call us forward and say, friend, come up higher, we don't want to sit up in the front, so let's say, give your seat to this other person. It's like, well, the funny thing is that no one wants to sit there anyways. Um, so <laughs> no one's, you're not in danger, right? <clears throat> you're not in danger of having the pastor come and say, um, excuse me, we need you to move back a little bit. Um, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe we, uh, we have this word from Christ, and we have this word from uh, St. Paul and then from Solomon. And the main theme, it seems, for all of these texts is humility. That humility is key. That with Jesus, we see that he was in the midst of people who were not humble. The Pharisees uh, were always trying to watch out for how they could trick him, how they could catch him in something and it went all the way up until his dying day where they tried to have someone give something against him and all it was was lies. Christ has the good word and he is the word made flesh and he speaks well. And so if there's something that can be taken from this, we see that Jesus looks at us. And he knows that even though we may seem humble, there are often times where we kick against his correction, where we often think that we know the best. We often think that, um, well, I don't know. It seems like most of the time our danger is that we don't say what needs to be said. Most of the time, we may just go along to get along because we really don't want to rock the boat. We don't really want to cause any trouble. We're supposed to live peaceably, right? But what about those who are placed in our lives by God, who are doing the things they ought not do, and we are given the word to speak to them about them not doing the right thing, and we don't? We think better of ourselves than of God's word. And we say to ourselves, well, I think I'll just be quiet because I want to keep the peace, even though the Proverbs do say that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of, of silver. 
that it is beautiful when spoken well and directly when it needs to be said. But most of the time, I'll just, I'll just let it slide. I think I'll just kind of smile and nod and say, oh, that's okay, don't worry about that. And all the while, our conscience has become more and more dulled to the sin that's around us, to the things that people do, to the point where, what does it matter? What we say and what we do. What does it matter? Now I say all this because in humility, we are always tempted to think that we're doing something. Even in humility, we think we're doing something. Isn't that interesting? We are so sinful and fallen that when Jesus says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted, we think, oh, that's just one more thing for me to do, humble myself. But it's interesting because you don't ever humble yourself apart from God's word in the way that God wants you to humble himself. His word tells you who you are. His word delivers the law that says that you're not perfect, that you're a sinner, that you didn't say those things you should have said, you did say those things you shouldn't have said, you didn't do the thing you should do, and you did do the thing you shouldn't. God's word tells us these things and reminds us of who we are, just like Jesus did with, with the Pharisees. That he saw how they chose the places of honor. And he, being the word made flesh, spoke that good word to them in the right way. And saying that when you are invited, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited. Be humble. Because you understand who, you're, who you are before God. And what we do every Sunday is a practice in humility. We come, we hear of God's word, we confess our sin, and we humble ourselves. And we humble ourselves according to God's word. So that according to that good word spoken to us, we can be told, friend, come up higher. Rightfully, we shouldn't even be in church. We should be outside those doors. We should be outside, cast out because of our sin. And yet we are invited to sit and dine with Christ. And if that's the case, we should be humble. We should be humble in what takes place here. What takes place in hearing the word of God that we do not deserve, hearing, including the law, which graciously does tell us how far we have fallen so that we can hear God's gospel, to hear how much he raises us up. We confess our sins and we come into God's presence knowing that he is the one who makes us worthy to be here. He is the one who has shed his blood for us. Christ covers us with his glory, with his, with his, his, his righteousness. So that when we read these things of God's word, 
We can live the good life that he has called us to live. So that when we come to his table, we heed his command, friend, come up higher. You have humbled yourself rightly in confessing your sin, and I have absolved you. God says that I have absolved you, and you should come up higher to be given the good things, to be given the body and blood of Christ, to be brought to the very table where our Lord dines, where he is the host, and where he is the meal. That humbly we come only because Christ humbled himself. That when he says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted, the first thing we may think of might be ourselves, which is fine. But where we should wind up is seeing Christ, who has humbled himself, He did not exalt himself, he was exalted, but exalted in a way that we do not normally think one should be. He was exalted, lifted high upon his cross for all the world to see, so that all men would be drawn to him, so that the blood shed on the cross, the death that he would die, would be for you so that you would know God's love, so that you would know his his wisdom in coming and saving you. Christ humbled himself for you. Humble yourselves before the one who has died for you, who lives for you now so that you will live for all eternity. If humility is the key to wisdom, look to the one who was most humble. Look to Christ. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Be in fear of how God has saved you. Because as the Psalms say, with him is forgiveness that he may be feared. He is the one who holds our lives in the balance. And he is the one who has said, you're forgiven. He is the one who says, friend, come up higher, and I will feed you what you need. I will give you all that you need to be comforted, to be at peace, to know that Christ is God, to know that Jesus is the key to wisdom, to living the good life that God wants for you. Jesus is greater than than King Solomon, He is the embodiment of wisdom itself. He is the word fitly spoken. He is the one who comes. And for all who are given him, there is everlasting life here and in the world to come. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.